Brian McClanahan Show, episode 425. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back in the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, McClanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mclanahanacademy.com, mclanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. You get a free class when you do enroll, 10 Myths of American History, and you get the best deals on new and forthcoming courses. I've got a new course coming out in April. If you are at McClanahan Academy, you're going to know about it first. When it comes out, you're going to get the best coupons. So you're going to want to head on over there, enroll, get the free class, purchase a class. That's the way that I keep this podcast free of charge. If you purchase classes, it makes it to where it's easier for me to keep this thing going. You can also click on that support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You can throw a few pennies my way. You can get a book plate. Get my autograph on one of my books. I've got a number of books out. Southern Scribblings, my latest book. 60 Essays in Defense of the Southern Tradition. You can also support the show by clicking on that shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. Go to Learn True, T-R-U-E, learntruehistory.com. It's my affiliate link for Tom Woods Liberty Classroom. I teach there with Tom and a lot of great other instructors. So another great way to support the show. And as always, share it around on social media. Rate it wherever you get your podcasts. Let people know that you're listening to this show, you're thinking locally and acting locally, and that's how we turn this thing around. Now, this is another listener-generated episode. If you got ideas and you want to hear them, send me your ideas. I don't always respond back to you, but I do read your emails. And so this comes from a listener. The last episode, the, the episode on Texas secession, is a think locally, act locally episode. I mean, look, that's local action and, and, and at work there. But this one's also interesting because sometimes what the states and localities are doing, while having good intention, is not always the right thing to do. And in this particular case, it's about South Carolina. It's something that South Carolina has done. And a lot of this comes from this uh, place of neoconservatism, right? And I've talked about it before. The neoconservatives really are a problem in the conservative movement because the neoconservatives are opening the door to the left. In fact, all a neoconservative is, what that means, a new conservative, what that means is that these people are essentially slower leftists. They're going to get to where the left wants to go. This is what R.L. Dabney pointed out in the 19th century. Conservatism in America is just the, the old leftist talking point. And I think this piece I'm going to read from The Blaze talking about a bill in South Carolina. And of course, conservatives, let's cheer this. Oh yeah, we got to teach these things. We got to do this. There's a lot of problems with this. If you think logically through this, how this could be a real problem for conservatives in the state of South Carolina, not not for the left. It's actually going to work better for the left, even though you've got some lefties in South Carolina opposing the bill. So let me get into that. The title of this, South Carolina considers bill to require colleges and universities to teach America's founding documents. Now, in the subtitle, the legislation could pass this week though it previously faced opposition from some Democrats. Why would Democrats oppose this? 
Look at where this is. The bill is aimed at requiring colleges and universities to teach America's founding documents. Now, if anybody's ever attended a public institution in any state, who are your professors? When I was in, as an undergraduate, it was a public institution. The political science department, which I would guess this would fall on the, the political science department or the history department, they were all dominated by leftists. Do you want leftists teaching the Constitution, <laughs> the Declaration of Independence? Do you want leftists teaching that? Or, better yet, do you want neocons teaching that? Because that's what the conservatives, quote-unquote, are in these universities. Alan Gelzo is considered to be a conservative at an Ivy League school. Well, Alan Gelzo shouldn't touch the Constitution, because basically for Alan Gelzo, the Constitution started at Lincoln. And this is where this comes into this. Because if you look at what the quote-unquote founding documents are, it's basically Lincoln. Do we want Abraham Lincoln teaching the Constitution if we have a conservative? And worse, do we want Karl Marx teaching the Constitution if you have a leftist? This bill is stupid. It's well-intentioned. Well, we got to get people thinking about the Constitution again. I'm getting people thinking about the founding documents because you know what? They don't know anything about this. I would suggest that uh, it would be better not to teach them than to have these morons teach them. I mean, at the end of the day, now you could say, well, maybe they would get exposed to it and they would look at the Constitution, they would look at the Declaration, and they would come up with some type of different understanding. I don't think so. Now, I have taught these things in my in-person classes for years for U.S. history. In fact, I would take weeks to do these things in class. Uh, because I do think it's essential. If you do it the right way, though, I wouldn't want, again, um, you know, take your pick of your leftist historian. I mean, I, I, I see him all the time. Do you want those people teaching these documents. Now, if they would be honest about it and say, well, this is what they said at the time, you know, when, when the Constitution was ratified, this is how they interpreted it, this is how it should have been interpreted, but we changed our opinion over it. If you do that, and I, I mean, these are something, these are things you have to bring up as you go through the document because you get to the amendments, you get to how people interpret it. This is my entire American Constitutions course at McClanahan Academy. This is what you need if you have not enrolled in that class and you're listening to this podcast, you need that class. So head on over to McClanahan Academy and enroll in that American Constitutions course. It's not free, but I can guarantee you it's over 40 lectures, and I can guarantee you that you're going to know more about the Constitution than most people walking around in America. So let's read this bill. Lawmakers in South Carolina are nearing passage of a bill that would require all public college university students to, in the state to study America's founding documents. But again, what does that actually mean? While the legislation has broad support, some Democrats on the State House opposed the bill in committee, referring to it as an indoctrination and suggesting that requiring schools to offer a course that teaches the U.S. Constitution and other documents is just blowing smoke. It's indoctrination to teach America's founding document. This, see, this is where we get caught up in this stuff. The left, the morons on the left oppose it, so then we got to support it because we're on the right. Well, would you say that they have to teach it in a particular way or just... Let's read the Constitution without any context. Let's read the Declaration without any context. And then they get into some of the other founding documents. This is where it gets funny. Senate Bill 38 
the Reinforcing College Education on America's Constitutional Heritage Act, or REACH Act, was introduced in the state Senate by Senator Larry Grooms to reform state education law. The bill would require all South Carolina public college students to take a three-credit-hour class on American history, American government, or an equivalent course that requires, at minimum, reading the U.S. Constitution, one founding document, the Declaration of Independence, another founding document, the Federalist Papers, another founding document, and the Emancipation Proclamation. Now, last time I checked, the Emancipation Proclamation isn't a founding document. Nor are the Federalist Papers. You can make a case that the Constitution and the Declaration are a founding document, though the Declaration in many ways was a defounding document. It's a secession document. That's all it is. Now, if you want to focus on a couple of phrases in there, like or a paragraph, the last paragraph, and the idea that people have a right to alter or abolish their government, well then, yeah, sure, that's a, that's a founding document. That's, that's a principle. But when you put that together with some of the other things, and you get into the proposition nation stuff, which is just complete hogwash. I mean, this is the problem with neoconservatives. And Grooms, I'm sure, is well-intentioned, but he's a neoconservative, at least, or he's being influenced by neoconservatives, and this is the big problem with this. Now, Grooms' bill would update and modernize existing state law that requires institutions of higher learning to teach a year-long course on America's founding documents, a law that the bill supporters say is largely not enforced. Well, this is 100% true. South Carolina didn't require that kind of class. University of South Carolina does. And I'm sure neither does Clemson or any other school in the state of South Carolina. The existing law, which is 97 years old, so... You go back to World War I, mandates that students complete a one-year class on America's founding documents and be examined on their loyalty to the United States. Now, you think about what's happening when, put that in context. So, what, 97 years ago, uh, we were, were talking about the 19, well, post-World War I period. What was happening in the 1920s? Well, you were seeing large numbers of European immigrants pushing into the United States. So South Carolina wasn't as affected by it by, say, as New York or some of the other uh, mid-Atlantic and New England states. But you had large numbers of immigrants, and there certainly was a backlash against that. In fact, in the 1920s, you started seeing quota systems. You started seeing the reduction of immigration. And certainly people at that time, in post-World War I, they wanted to ensure that in that world, you had loyal Americans. You had people that were certainly interested in being Americans. This is not something we even talk about anymore. But as you have people flooding into the United States from all over the world, mostly from Central and South America now, no one's asking them, are you going to be a good, loyal American? I mean, what are you going to do to assimilate? No, no. It's always, what are we going to do to cater to you instead of the other way around? Americans who arrived here before the 20th century, understood that they had to fit in. It wasn't for the United States to fit with them. They had to fit in with the United States. Even Washington said this. Oh, as long as these people behave and they act like good Americans, well, then there's no problem with them. So this is part of the issue. There's a lot going on here as the... Uh, as the uh, Millennials like to say, we have to unpack this stuff. I don't like that term. I think it's ridiculous. Let's examine it. Let's try to understand what's happening.
The REACH Act would shorten the course requirement from one year to three credit hours, remove the loyalty provision, which is problematic with, for foreign students, you see. But that was the whole point of it, right? And empower the South Carolina Commission on Higher Education to enforce the law. So, I mean, yeah, now we have a lot of students who are not ever going to live in the United States, at least theoretically. Uh, we, we don't know. Uh, if they would live here or not. I mean, they have a student visa, so are they going to stay in the United States or they're not going to stay in the United States? If they are students in the United States, should they not understand the United States? I mean, whatever. But because of foreign students, I can understand perhaps removing that. I know when I when I walked with my PhD, uh, many of the students that were receiving PhDs were, were foreign students. And they were getting the degrees in things like engineering and mathematics the much more difficult degrees, I'll have to say. Uh, and a lot of the American students were getting them in you know, things like psychology and history and other things. I, mean, I was getting one in history. But you know, the, the foreign students were getting the advanced degrees in difficult mathematical and scientific subjects. So what does that say about American students? The bill passed the state the Senate in March in a unanimous roll call vote of 45 to nothing. It will be considered the state in the State House as early as Wednesday this week, after advancing through the committee on March 16th over the objections of some Democrats. State Representative Michael Rivers, Democrat St. Helena Island, was one of the House Democrats who opposed the bill, calling it indoctrination, Rivers said. Quote, we talk about America being built on God, but until there's repentance, there's no forgiveness of sins. And we can write the Federalist Papers, we can write a, whatever we want, but until there's some acknowledgement about the sins of the past, we're just whistling Dixie. Wait a second. You can't say that. You can't say it. This guy can't say that. Michael Rivers can't stand up and say we're just whistling Dixie. I mean, that's, that's offensive. But on the other hand, so he's saying this is, this, is this, this is the core now of the 1619 Project and the 1776 Commission Report. What's being said here is the core of that. Now, the 1776 Commission report would say that, oh, no, 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 look, there's good, we should study the Declaration for the good that it is, the Federalist Papers and the Emancipation Proclamation, which, of course, is not a founding document, for the good that they are. The Constitution is inspired by the Declaration. Very little evidence of that in any way, except for we can alter or abolish our government. That's it. But the idea that there are sins of the past, and then the 1776 Commission says that, you know, well, well, there are sins of the past. You got John C. Calhoun. You got the South. So what this Democrat, Michael Rivers, is saying is, well, there's sins in South Carolina. We have to repent from those sins before we can move forward. We have to just get down and on our knees and beg everyone to forgive us for what happened 150 or 200 years ago. What for? That's ridiculous. That's just stupid on its face. Stupid. And it needs to be called that. Rivers suggested that requiring students to read the Constitution, the Emancipation Proclamation, and other documents could perpetuate falsehoods about American history that could lead to 1861 again in South Carolina. Um, well, so if you read the Emancipation Proclamation is going to lead to 1860. I mean, if, if you, again, if you have the leftists and the neocons teaching this, it won't lead to anything like 1861 again. In fact, all you're going to get is people singing hosannas to Abraham Lincoln and genuflecting to the Union, right? bowing, uh, splashing holy water on the U.S. flag. This is all you're going to get. 
perpetuate falsehoods. Yeah, I mean, I can agree with that. That it's going to perpetuate falsehoods because you're going to have lefties and neocons teaching this stuff. So it's going to be falsehoods. It's going to be bad. This stuff in S38, what it's saying is that we want to indoctrinate college students on their dime to what we think is important. Well, I mean, is that not what education does every single day of the week? Professors tell students what they think is important, and then they go out and learn those things. And I mean, my gosh, this happens every single day in every single college classroom across America. Is this not what happens? Every single classroom in high school. And I mean, we want to teach students what we think is important, particularly when it comes to history. History is subjective. It's not objective. There's no objective history. It's subjective. It's all subjective. It always has been and always will be. Subjective. It's just blowing smoke, he said. State Representative Gary Smith, the Reach Act's chief sponsor in the House, told The Blaze in an interview Monday that studying America's founding documents will ultimately make South Carolina students better citizens. Well, this is, this is the goal, right? I mean, it's the goal to ensure that if they learn these things, they would be better citizens, they would make better decisions. But listen to what Smith has to say about this. This is the neocon. This is where I said this is the danger in all this. An idea of liberty for all, that whole idea in the Declaration of Independence that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator a certain inalienable rights, those things are found in the Constitution. They are? <laughs> um, I've read the Constitution, I, I don't even know how many times. And that phrase is never in the Constitution. So do you want people like Gary Smith teaching the Constitution? Because this is what you're going to get if you get conservative, quote-unquote conservatives in South Carolina. You're going to get the proposition nation nonsense. It flows. It goes together. It was meant to do that. No, it wasn't. A piece I wrote in Chronicles Magazine for April uh, talks about this. How the only time the Declaration was really brought up was in context of we have a right to alter or to abolish our system of government. The two, they're two separate things. Nobody brought up the Constitution as saying, well, you know, all men are created equal. That's why we have the Constitution. Nobody brought that up. In fact... The argument for the Constitution was, hey, look, this thing's not going to consolidate power. The states still have a lot of power. They still have states' rights. In fact, that term was used in New England, as a matter of fact. It's used. And when we're looking at education in the United States and in South Carolina, we're looking at education to build good citizens who can function in our representative republic, said Smith, who is an affiliate, pro I'm sorry, affiliate professor of political science. This is it. I mean, this, is, this proves my point. Affiliate professor of political science at North Greenville University. So do you want Gary Smith, a neocon, teaching the Constitution? I don't, because it's just going to be a disaster. Do you, it's, it's perhaps fitting that this is at the blaze, because this is the Glenn Beck and entire position. He's Larry Arn extended, right, when it comes to this kind of stuff. This is Larry Arn Hillsdale College nonsense. By reading America's founding documents, he explains, students will be taught the ideas and principles that animate American government. 
Ideas like federalism, how state governments have some powers under the Constitution that the national government must not infringe upon. Well, I agree with that. If, if, if you actually had people that taught that part right. So, I mean, maybe Smith wouldn't be all bad. He might get into some of that stuff. But he says this, We're in such danger right now of losing these ideas because you've got a Congress and an administration in Washington, D.C. that is looking to take those rights that are under the Constitution were reserved for the states and for the people and make them federal rights. That's completely contrary to what was intended. Well, it's not just the current administration. It's the administrations of the past 100-plus years that are doing this. It goes all the way back to Lincoln. And even before that, even before that, we had people that were trying to do it. I mean, that was the great battle beginning in the first Congress. What powers that the states have, what powers that the general, does the general government have, where are you infringing on these powers, what are we doing here? Of course, if you read the ratification documents, not just the Federalist essays, the Federalist papers, which there are some questionable essays in that. Even Madison is contradictory at times. Hamilton certainly is. And that's <clears throat> the new course that I'm doing at McClanahan Academy where I'm getting into all that stuff. If you read those, you'll find that the main argument was against being leveled against the Constitution is that we would lose federalism. So... I agree that this is an important part of it, but the paragraph before gives me pause that Gary Smith would even know what he's doing to teach these things properly. When you have citizens that don't understand that liberty for all, and they're thinking about equity instead of equality, and dividing us instead of uniting us, then we've got a real problem, he said. But you see, now we've just taken, the left has changed the language in saying equity now, equality with a capital E, and But you've got the right, supposedly, talking about equality. So the right has taken the leftist talking point from about, I don't know, 50 years ago and made it their own now. And now the left has changed it by saying equity. In 50 years, the right will be talking about equity because the left will move it in some other direction. This is what's going to happen. So the idea that we would have this set up, I mean, it's already been there. So the South Carolina legislature is trying to improve upon this. I understand the point. I understand what they're going for. I really do. But this opens a whole other can of worms. Now, certainly education should be under the purview of the states. There should be no federal challenge to education. There should be no Department of Education entirely. But, of course, the Biden administration is talking about creating free community college. We've already got free community college for people that make under a certain amount. I mean, that's the way it is. Pell Grants and others, VA, if you're in the military, we've already got free college for a lot of people out there, at least community college. Four-year schools know they're going to get that money, so they jack the price up. And community colleges will do it, too. They'll jack the price up to get almost the full Pell Grant amount. They leave students a little bit so they can buy books and things. But essentially, they're getting that full amount. So we've already got free college. Not for everybody. I mean, if you make a certain amount of money, you can't have it. Biden wants to extend that out. So we want to expand federal reach. We want to expand federal reach when it comes to curricula. We want to expand federal reach in all kinds of things. And I think anytime we talk about education and what we can do to try to ensure that the states and the localities still have control of education is a great thing. And again, on its surface, having people read the founding documents, which would not include the Emancipation Proclamation, by the way, or the Federalist Papers, it's not a founding document. The ratification debates would be better to understand the Constitution, 
The Federalist Papers are not a founding document. I mean, it's just amazing to me how these things get thrown around. There's really, why don't we read the Articles of Confederation? That's a founding document. That's very important to read because you get a feel for what the founding generation wanted out of the central authority. They just thought it was a little too weak, so they gave it some more power. But overall, but when you look at how it was ratified, I mean, that wasn't absolute. The power wasn't absolute. So what founding documents are we talking about here? Um, I, I mean, this is the big question. If you want to read the Constitution, you want to get into what the ratifiers said about it, well, then certainly read the Federalist Essays. But you should also read the ratifying convention speeches. You should read the other documents that Friends of the Constitution wrote, and there's lots of them. You should read those, too, and you'll get a view of the Constitution, I think, that's entirely at odds with what we have today. That's why I'm producing these originalist papers classes that I've got at McClanahan Academy. I applaud the idea behind this. On its surface, it sounds great, but when you look at how this is going to be implemented and put into practice, and who is teaching these things, and who's going to direct these things, well, then you're going to run into a lot of problems. At Clemson University, University of South Carolina, College of Charleston, if these, these schools are going to be directing, and the departments they have there, they're going to be involved in setting up how these things are taught, well, it's a recipe for disaster. I mean, I can just imagine how many progressives are going to be involved in teaching the U.S. Constitution and uh, the Declaration and other things. I mean, you're going to get the neocon view of everything because the left will teach the exact same thing. And that, by default, is distortion, is distortion or distorting the American founding. All right. Another listener-generated episode out of the way. I'll see you next time with the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.